around the year 1995, some members of my family and I went and took a trip to Dollywood, the theme park created by Dolly Parton. Now at the time, we weren't really particularly big fans of hers. And if truth be told, we were going to Dollywood in order to make fun of it. Well, we'd been there for a few hours when I decided to check in with the rest of my family. So I asked, so what do you think of the place so far? And then one by one, we reluctantly admitted that we really liked it. Well, there was the cabin, um, that a replica of the cabin that, that Dolly grew up in. There were awesome rides, um, really high quality music shows. But the thing that, that we loved the most was Dollywood's enthusiastic celebration of Appalachian music and folk art. There was glass blowing, leather making, quilting, dulcimers. We loved that stuff and we absolutely loved Dollywood. Since then, I started thinking about Dolly Parton very differently. And over the years, I paid attention to what she was up to and, and grew to deeply admire her. Um, she's an accomplished musician, an astute businesswoman, a focused and effective philanthropist. These are just a few of the highlights of her career. Um, she's a prolific songwriter. She estimates that she's written over 3,000 songs. 450 of them have been recorded. Uh, she's sold 100 million albums, won 10 Grammys. Her Imagination Library has given away over 190 million books to children around the world. In Eastern Tennessee, where she grew up, she has improved access uh, to healthcare um, and uh, really helped with economic development. Uh, Dollywood provides about 20,000 jobs in that region. Um, and then she, she's helped fund COVID-19 research. Um, and her funding directly led to the creation of the Moderna vaccine. So when she went to get her first shot, she recorded it and then shared that on social media to encourage her fans and other people to get vaccinated. She even adapted one of her songs to fit the moment. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. I'm begging of you, please don't hesitate. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. Cause once you're dead, then that's a bit too late. Now, perhaps the most surprising thing about Dolly Parton is the wideness of her appeal. In these bitterly divided times, she is someone who brings people together. A friend Leibowitz uh, quips, people who hate each other love Dolly Parton. In 2021, the New York Times asked the question, is there anything we can all agree on? Their answer, Dolly Parton. Dolly's fan base has shifted uh, in recent years. In the last decade, um, previously over 80% of her fans were over the age of 55. Now it's reversed with 80% of her fans under the age of 55. She also has a wide fan base outside of the United States. While imprisoned on Robben Island, 
Nelson Mandela would regularly play Dolly Parton records over the loudspeaker because he believed that both the, the white guards and the black prisoners uh, would connect to Dolly songs which speak of suffering and hope and a desire uh, to, to be connected to one another. Dr. Jessica Wilkerson is a professor of history and Southern studies at the University of Mississippi and a bit of a Dolly expert. Uh, and she writes this about attending a Dolly Parton concert. It was the most diverse place I've ever been. I was seeing a multiracial audience, people wearing cowboy hats and boots. I was seeing people in drag, church ladies, lesbians holding hands, little girls who were there with their families." End quote. I've been thinking a lot this past week that on any given Sunday morning, just about every congregation in America is less diverse than a Dolly Parton concert, much less diverse, which makes me wonder how can church be more like a Dolly Parton concert. I mean, seriously, because it's supposed to be. Church is supposed to be that place where distinctions of, of privilege and age and ability and worthiness disappear, an experience where we all feel equally valued and, and, and claimed by God. That is all rooted in the life, the ministry, the teaching of Jesus. That's how he went through the world. Um, if, you, if you pay attention to how Jesus acts, no one gets preferential treatment and no one gets left out. Um, he doesn't seem to see or care about all of these distinctions um, and boundaries uh, that had been carefully constructed over the centuries. And the church that bears his name is is tasked with living in that same spirit. Um, that's what Paul is getting at in his letter uh, to the Galatian church. He insists that in, in the church, the categories that separate us are supposed to disappear. There's no longer Jew or Greek slave or free male or female, for we are all one in Christ. Oh, Paul covers a lot of ground with those three pairings, gender, race, power. So we could add to that list. There is no longer successful or struggling, old or young, healthy or sick, progressive or conservative, mainline or evangelical, Republican or Democrat, Mac or PC, urban or rural, for we are all one, equally loved and claimed by God. Gosh, that sounds more like a Dolly Parton concert than it does a typical Sunday morning. So what can we learn from Dolly about creating such a community? Well, one thing that she does incredibly well is she communicates acceptance. Um, she, she welcomes everyone. She helps people feel seen, included, valued. When asked once how, how she is able to maintain a fan base with both the religious right and the LBGTQ plus community. Uh, she answered, it's, it's two different worlds and I live in both and I love them both and I understand and accept both. 
end quote. That radical acceptance actually starts with herself. One of Dolly's most disarming qualities is her self-deprecating commitment to being herself. She is comfortable in her own skin, unapologetic in her choices. You can make fun of her, but she usually beats you to the punchline. Uh, here is one example of something she says regularly. I'm not offended by all of the dumb blonde jokes because I know I'm not dumb and I know I'm not blonde. Dolly is unrelentingly herself. And in doing so, she creates space for others to do the same. She communicates this powerful sense of belonging and welcome and creates space for us to bring our whole selves to her music and her concerts. She seems to carry around with her this, this deep sense that she is a beloved child of God and then communicates that to others. What a great mission statement for the church to create a community where everyone has permission to be themselves and to live that out with others with truth, with, with humility and humor. Connected to this acceptance, and another thing that Dolly does well is she acknowledges how hard life is. Her songs are, are address the challenges of everyday people, bullying, poverty, migration, broken relationships, unwanted pregnancies, sexual harassment. She so often sings from the perspective of those who are treated uh, as other and different. Um, she sings of challenges and hard things, and in doing so, helps us to feel um, that we are not alone, reminds us that we are not alone in our struggles. And, and her songs are permeated with hope. Hope grounded in reality, hope grounded in faith. Dolly is steeped in church. She consistently takes some of what's best in our tradition and then communicates that to a larger audience in a way that is accessible and appealing. Take the song you'll hear in a minute, Light of a Clear Blue Morning. It's a song about struggle and hope. It's been a long, dark night, and I've been awaiting for the morning. It's been a long, hard fight. Oh, she wrote that song in 1974, but, oh, she could have written it for the moment we are in right now because, yeah, it's been a long, dark night. It's been a long, hard fight, but then she turns towards hope, but I see a brand new day, a dawning. The words of that song sound a lot like Psalm 30, weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes with the morning. You know, this song and Psalm 30 makes, makes me think about, about Iowa winters. I lived in Des Moines before moving to Columbus, and oh, I remember those Iowa winters, they were, they were unrelenting, long, and hard. Um, I experienced them as really malevolent, um, icy, cold, windy. There would be a snowstorm followed immediately by an ice storm, and then the next week an ice storm followed immediately by a snowstorm. Have I mentioned how cold it got in the winter? But every year I lived there, at some point winter ended and spring began every single year. And I understand that that's what's happened since then. Tonight, 
we will experiencing we will experience something similar no matter how dark how cold the night is the sun will rise tomorrow the sun will rise weeping may linger for the night but joy comes with the morning it's been a long dark night but i see a brand new day a dawning dolly song goes on to promise that um, everything's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. It's future tense, not present tense. Um, things aren't all right now. Uh, we know that's true. To say otherwise is to tell a lie. No, she's talking about the future. Um, only in the fullness of time and in, and, and in God's good time is everything going to be all right? But there, there will come a day when all of life feels like a Dolly Parton, a Dolly Parton concert, when all of us, everyone is accepted, uh, claimed, loved, relating to one another with humor and humility when the long dark night is over and love reigns. Today, we give thanks for Dolly Parton and for what she offers to the world, a stubborn, relentless hope that love will see us through, that everything's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. Amen.